0: Well, this morning we're concluding our series called Much More, and so we've just called it the finale. We're going to be looking at the last couple of verses of Ephesians chapter 6. And I will encourage you, if you haven't been a part of this series, it is online on our website. You can go to rfcfc.com, go to the resource page, and the whole series is there. And I would encourage you to go and listen particularly to the last six or seven where we spoke about the armor of God. I think it's so important in this time we're living in to understand spiritual warfare and to know how God has equipped us to overcome in that area. Well, as you study Ephesians chapter 6, the section on the armor of God, you'll notice something that each verse that Paul is speaking to the church, he highlights a specific area or specific action that we can take that empowers us to have results in our lives and to live in victory. So I'd encourage you to focus on that. And so we'll see here as well today in verse 16, if you'll turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16, uh, we get into that part of the armor where it says here in verse 16, above all, say above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So we've come to understand if we as a believer are going to fight and win in life, we need to have God's armor on. So look at the person next to you and say, put it on. As a matter of fact, you mustn't just put it on, you need to keep it on. Amen? And so, uh, you know, one brother was saying, you know, I get up every morning and put the armor on. I said to him, well, when did you take it off? Because it's probably a good idea to go to sleep with it. Amen? And so notice what he says here. He starts this verse and he says, above all. Above all. So immediately he's telling us that this is of high priority. This is an important portion of scripture when it comes to the armor. Above all, you need to take the shield of faith. Why do you think he said that? Well, I think it's quite obvious because later on in the verse, he says it's with the shield of faith that you can quench All the fiery darts of the wicked one. Say all. He doesn't want you to just quench 95% of them. Because it's the 5% that get through that have the dramatic impact on our lives. And so he's saying, you know, above all take that shield of faith because you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So let's break this verse up a little bit. Let's take out a few of the key aspects in this verse and let's just have a look at their meaning and make sure that we're on the same page in understanding what Paul wanted to communicate. Because remember, he's painting us a symbolic picture of a man in armor and he's saying, this is how you fight your battles. This is how you win when it comes to spiritual warfare, because it's real. You need to understand these things. And so the first thing he says, you've got to lift up the shield of faith. So let's have a look at this word faith, and what is faith this morning in the context of the Word of God? Well, the word faith here, and in all the New Testament uh, versions of this, it is the Greek word pistis. And this is what it means. It means to be fully persuaded. It means to have a moral conviction of the religious truth or belief that God's word is true. So faith goes beyond just receiving things from God. It includes that. And it's important to understand it's by faith we receive. But I want you to know faith is much bigger and much deeper than you and I just getting things from God. Faith is the persuasion and the conviction in our hearts that God's word is true and that God is true. It goes on and it says, especially having a reliance upon Jesus for salvation that leads to the place of consistent confession. Please remember that. Faith speaks. So when you have a conviction and a persuasion that God is real, that his word is real, Especially that Jesus saved you, it's going to lead to a place where your mouth lines up with your heart. Where you're speaking what you believe. And so when you lift up the shield of faith, you've got to understand what he's saying is what you're thinking, what you're believing, and what you're saying are all in alignment. That's when we start to experience true victory. Now we see this because if you study the root word of the Greek word pistis, it is the word pitho. And this is what it means. It means to become convinced by argument about something as to whether it is true or false. So as you and I study the word, as we grow in our relationship with Christ, as we become followers of Christ, we're able to better distinguish what is true and what is false. False. What is right and what is wrong. And that comes out of our faith, out of our conviction that the Bible is the standard That we live our lives by. That the Bible is the thing that God wants us to use to renew our minds and to have a value system. It literally means an inward certainty that comes into agreement, has confidence in, and therefore is willing to obey, to trust, and to yield to the Word of God. That's what faith is all about. Now, notice he says this that when you and I put up that shield of faith, What it does is it's able to quench. Now, the word quench, I don't think we have to go into too much explanation about, but I I love the word that comes from the word quench. It means to extinguish. It means to put out something. So if there's a fire and you quench it, what have you done? You've extinguished it. I couldn't help remembering in the early days of our church when we were still in our old building, and I wanted to do an illustration about what it means to quench the Holy Spirit. So I built a little fire on the stage in my little uh, do-it-yourself bri. And I had my my fire lighters, and I had my my blitz, and I lit this fire. And unfortunately, it started to blow a little bit bigger than I'd hoped. And so I took the fire extinguisher, which we had previously prepared, and I was going to now show them how to extinguish this fire. And the whole thing was going well until I pushed that extinguisher because what i didn't figure is how powerful that loaded extinguisher is it was so powerful that it didn't just extinguish the whole fire it blew the whole bra over And it sprayed the blitz and the fire lighters and all the white dust all over the congregation that was sitting on this side. To the point that we had to close the service because that stuff has got quite a a toxic um, expression to it. So as the people got up to leave the auditorium, all you saw was their bum imprint because all the white dust had settled around it. It was that day that I was told by my elders, no more illustrations. We will have to vet them. But how many of you know, you'll never forget again what it means to quench the Holy Spirit. So in a way, the illustration was pretty effective. If you come next Sunday, maybe we'll show you. We'll do a rerun and see if we can get it right. Who's up for that? All right, but think about the imagery now. That shield of faith, what does it do? It puts out the fiery darts of the enemy. And we need to remember how important that is. All right, then it goes on. Let's look at the word fiery darts. The word fiery darts comes from the Greek word belos, and it means a missile, a spear, or an arrow. But more importantly, it means to strike intensely. So listen, the enemy is, is completely hell-bent, excuse the pun. He's completely uh, intent On getting you to receive one of his fiery darts and he wants it to penetrate your mind and your heart. And you need to realize that this morning. As a matter of fact, if you, if you go on and you read about this word, it means to kindle or to ignite or to be inflamed, listen, with anger, grief or lust. And literally it's got the expression like lightning. So the enemy has an intent to destroy the believer's life by sowing these fiery dots. What are the fiery dots? Well, the fiery dots are thoughts, concepts, and ideas that are contrary to the truth of God's word and character that he uses to inflame, provoke, and influence us. And how many of you know all of us can identify that when we've gone through something in our lives? When we've experienced something, how many of you've had to deal with the fiery dots? Whether it's anger, whether it's an image that you can't get away of something that happened. If it's a, it's a feeling of fear or it's a feeling of condemnation because of something you did. How many you know it's like that fiery dot sticks into your mind and you struggle to get rid of it? What happened? Your shield of faith wasn't up properly in that area. That dot has hit your mind and now it's inflamed. It's influenced. And that's the method that the enemy uses to try and break down our faith, all right? So what we need to understand is that when the devil throws a dart at you, you have a choice to quench it or to accept it. And the truth this morning for all of us is if you accept it, the devil now has an inroad into your life. And you see, sometimes sometimes the devil's plan isn't to get you to sin. He just wants you to think about it. Because he's got a long game in mind. Can you say amen? That's why sometimes for years things go, and then suddenly there's a revelation out in the public arena. Listen carefully. That didn't just happen this weekend. That's been plotting in someone's mind for months and months, or even years, and years, and because it hasn't been addressed, that life starts to gain weight, and credence in our lives, and we start to give expression to it. So look at the person next to you, and say, how's your shield this morning? All right, so let's, I know we're breaking it down a bit, but it's going to help us. Let's read the verse again. Above all, this is of high priority for any believer, Take your shield of faith, which is your conviction, your belief that God's word is true, which you convert into expression by speaking it, right? You will be able to quench and extinguish every fiery missile or arrow that the devil intently throws at you. And who is he? He is. Where do these fiery dots come from? They come from the wicked one. Let's look at the word wicked quickly. The word wicked, wicked, one is the Greek word ponairos. Listen to what it means. It means to be hurtful or deliberately evil, in effect or in influence, especially to be derelict, vicious, mischievous, with malice or guilt. So how many of you know it, it, it distinguishes for us the character of the enemy and what he likes to do? That's why we need to be very careful and we need to understand when in in the book of James, James said this, every good and perfect gift comes from above and from the Father of lights because there is no evil in him and he cannot use evil, that's God. So it's very easy for us to start using that as a guide in our lives to establish whether things that are happening to us are from God or from the enemy. So many people in the church today are blaming God for things that he had nothing to do with. Because they don't have the correct understanding and the truth in their lives to establish their shield of faith. So how many of you know the shield of faith is important? Because the devil is after your faith. He wants to make you and I doubt God's word, which is the truth. This means once you take up the shield of faith, his attack against your life cannot prosper. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news this morning? You see... Whenever you and I lift up that shield of faith, if we have that shield of faith up, then what happens is whatever the enemy tries to use against us, like it says in Isaiah, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why? Because your righteousness is from God. It might be formed, but it cannot prosper. Say it cannot prosper. It can be formed, but it cannot prosper. Why? Because you are the righteousness of God and you have up your shield of faith. Come on, say this with me. Say, my shield of faith is up. Now, have a look at Romans ten seventeen, and let's start to see, how does the shield of faith in our lives be put up? Well, in verse 17, in the Amplified Classic, it says, So faith comes by hearing what is told, and what is heard comes by the preaching, the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. In other words, every time we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, faith comes. So right now, preaching the word of God, what is happening? Faith is coming. Faith is coming towards you. Faith is rising up inside of you. Faith has been put out there, and what happens? The Holy Spirit is able to take that word and cause it to come alive in our hearts, cause it to renew our minds. The more you and I see what Jesus has done for us in his word, The more we see what he has qualified us for, the more faith will spring up in our hearts, listen, and the more our shield will be put up. So the more I understand Jesus, the more of Jesus I I grasp and, and relate. As a matter of fact, if you really think about it carefully, simply the armor is this, the armor is Jesus Christ putting on Jesus every day, letting Jesus be the center of everything in your life and in your world. And you know what? When your shield is built up, when your faith is strong, when your faith faith is out, you know what starts to happen? Change starts to happen in your life. Little adjustments start to take place in your life. Breakthroughs will start to happen. Even miracles will break forth in your life when you keep your shield of faith up. Hallelujah. Who's expectant this morning that God's going to do amazing things in our lives? Why? Because we have our shield of faith up. Faith is now, and faith declares God is good, and he's working everything out in my life for his good. Why? Because I love him. Hallelujah. And so, remember this. After Jesus was resurrected from the dead, do you remember the story? He met two of his disciples on the road to Emmaus. Do you remember that story? You can find it in Luke 24. 13 to 35, they'll put the reference up for you to write down and then you can go study it at home because we don't have time to look at all of it. But I want to show you practical, practically how faith works in our lives and how we can cause it to grow and to be established in our life. So here's the amazing thing. Think about that story with Jesus on the road to Emmaus with two of his followers, two of his disciples. And think about this. Have you ever wondered why he didn't just reveal himself to them? I mean, he'd raised from the dead. He was with, they were his disciples. Why would he hide his identity? Because look what it says in verse 16. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. You know why? Because he wanted them to learn to believe in Jesus through the word. And not by seeing him physically. Have a look at verses 27. And Jesus, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they were walking down the road, and what did Jesus do? He used the word to reveal himself so their faith could be in the word and not in seeing him in the flesh. I don't know about you, but that is great news. Because you know what? If he allowed them to see him, They would have believed him because they saw him, and then when he left, their faith would have gone with him. So that means that if they needed to see Jesus in the word, where do you see Jesus? In the word. And what does it do when you see Jesus in the word? It builds your faith. And you know what I love? He used the Old Testament to reveal himself. So don't tell me that the Old Testament is just there, you know, just for principles. No, the whole Old Testament is filled with Jesus. And if you'll study the Word of God to see Jesus, the Holy Spirit will start revealing Him in your life. In every area where you're battling and struggling, faith will begin to rise up. And when that shield of faith is up, the enemy's fiery darts cannot prosper in that area anymore. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Listen, I really felt in my spirit this morning that for some of you, today is a defining moment in your life, Because today, your shield of faith is going up in a specific area where the enemy has hindered you, prevented you, and tried to hold you back. And you know what? No longer will he prosper against you. He might have formed that attack against you, but it will not prosper because you're exposing him through the truth of Jesus Christ in your life. So yes, it would have been easier for him just to allow them to see him. But you know what? Jesus knew that would not produce faith in their lives. And so uh, I was listening to a teaching by one of my mentors on the subject, and he said he got so encouraged in his heart when he realized they had to learn faith just like we did, from going to the Word, looking in the Word, and discovering who Jesus is for themselves. Listen, it's great to go to church. It's great to hear great teaching. I will never diminish that because it's so important. But listen, you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. You need to grow in your revelation of who Christ is in your life because you know what? He is the shepherd of the church. He is your hero. He is the one who will lead you and guide you into truth. He's the one that will break the powers of darkness over your life. And what we do as pastors and mentors, we're here to support that. We're here to encourage that. We're here to work with Jesus as he works in us. Can you say amen? Come on, let's give Jesus praise this morning. Now, that's why Paul made this statement in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just ...shall live by faith. Say my shield is up. I pray today that we'll begin to experience our own Emmaus road. That as we open the scriptures, that the word will enter our hearts that faith will arise and we'll begin to experience Christ's loving grace and tender mercies that will begin to flow in our lives because today it is truly all about Jesus. Can you say amen? Say Jesus this morning. All right, now, let's remember the shield of faith, and now we drop into verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I really believe this, that Paul really wrote this in a specific way because the pieces of the armor build on each other. And as they build on each other and we have a revelation of them, it helps us to step into who we need to be as the children of God. Who we need to walk in. So you'll see as you study it, it's the truth. Then it's the righteousness. And so he's building us up in the spirit so that we can be who we've been called to be. And so he starts to bring it to its climax here in verse 17. And he says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So let's picture this now. Let's picture putting a helmet on. But notice he's specific again about what helmet you need to put on. What helmet is it? It's the helmet of salvation. So again, we focus on putting the helmet on. I don't believe that's what his focus was. He was trying to paint a picture that it covers your head. But the helmet you put on is salvation. So your focus shouldn't be on the helmet as much as it is on salvation because it's the helmet of salvation. What was he saying? What is your mind here contained. It's where your thoughts are. It's where your attitudes and your motives and your emotions are driven by. So what was he saying? Think often and always about salvation. Think about Jesus, think about who He is and what He is. Think about what he 's done in your life. Let your thinking be consumed by the salvation of God in your life. I believe in Psalm 103, and we did a great series about this many years ago, but in verses one uh, the psalmist says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits and then he lists them. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals. All my diseases, he redeems my life from destruction, he surrounds me with his love and kindness, he satisfies my mouth with good things, so my youth is renewed like the eagle. What was David doing? He was remembering his salvation. He was remembering who his God is. And I wanna encourage you today, the way you put your helmet on is by remembering who you are in Christ, what God has done in your life, who he saved you from, what he's done in your life. The more you remember the salvation of God in your life, the more your helmet is fixed on your head. You see, this verse shows me the importance of, of thinking about Jesus and what he's done. And you know what it does when you do that? It produces a healthy, positive attitude in your heart. And you see, you, can con- you cannot enjoy life if you continually govern by negative thinking. Negative thinking is designed to drag you down and rob you of your confidence and your hope. So the more you think about Jesus, the more positive your outlook will be. You see, you can never enjoy life if you're not filled with positive thoughts and feelings. So, while the shield of faith has the ability to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one, the helmet of salvation is designed to help you deal with your own thoughts. And that is as important. Now, let's think about that just for a few minutes. Remember, we're all fallen creatures. I know you're born again and you're righteous, but you are a fallen human. All right, so listen, your mind is not saved. What got saved when you got saved? Your spirit got saved. What has happened with your mind, it needs to be renewed. So that tells me that just by the fact that your human nature is real, your thoughts are not always what they need to be. I love what Kenneth Hagin used to say. He used to say this: You cannot stop a bird from flying by and pooping on your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. Isn't that a good analogy? In other words, how many know? Sometimes those thoughts come and you can't control them. You know, it's your human nature. But how many you know? You can decide which of them you build on. You can decide which of them you're going to keep and which of them you're going to reject. Reject, And that's the point of the helmet of salvation. You see, your shield of faith quenches the fiery darts of the wicked one, but your helmet of salvation keeps your mind thinking the right things. And it helps you to deal with your own thought life. Not only that, how many of you lived in the world before you got saved? It's not a trick question. Oh, five of you. Amazing. Wow, what a good class we have this morning. How many of you lived in the world before you got saved? Absolutely. Think about this. So from the time you were born until the time you got born again, the devil had free reign in your life. And you know what? He worked overtime to sow the wrong things into your life, to try and crush you, to bruise you, to cause you to go through things, to cause you to have inferiority complex, to cause you to have a lack of peace, cause you to go through stuff. Why? Because he wants to set a pattern, a method in your life, so that later if you do get saved, he can try and use that against you. So the helmet of salvation is designed to help you deal with the things that have happened in your life over the years. And for everyone, it's different. I had to deal with rejection. I had to deal with an inferiority complex. I had to grow through that because those were things that were sown in my life when I was still a child before I served God. But how many know they still made an impact in my life after I got saved because I needed to learn to deal with them. And you know, when I dealt with them, guess what? That weapon could not prosper against my life anymore because my mind was renewed. My mind is now strong in that area. My helmet is strong. And now I can walk in who I need to be. Look at the person next to you. Say, you are amazing. So all of us have experienced things. Now, here's the reality. Please write this down. Thoughts lead to emotions, and emotions lead us to choices, and choices lead us to actions. And so sometimes, I don't know if you've ever wondered, I'm like, God, why did you give us emotions? If, I mean, they really just mess us up sometimes. But you see, emotions that are brought under subjection to Jesus are good, because your emotions, listen, your emotions are an indication of what you're thinking, they tell you something's right, or something's wrong, so if your emotions are taking you down a negative path, they're telling you there's something wrong with your thinking there, you need to address it, so don't let your emotions rule you, you rule them, but how many know God gave them to you, and they are good, Sometimes your emotions are telling you, listen, you need to just take a break. You need to just get away and relax and just be still and let God be God in your life and just go and relax. You know, go play a round of golf. Had to throw that in there. Regularly, maybe for some of us, every two, three days, we need to get out there. (laughs) Okay, I'm only joking. All right. So what is, what is God saying to us? That when we put on that helmet of salvation, it doesn't just protect your thoughts. It starts to help you to manage your emotions, to recognize your attitudes and your motives. Why? So that it can line up with what's going on in your spirit, with who God created us to be. And how many you know that's a journey? It doesn't happen overnight. It takes years. But if you're on that journey, God will give you the strength to keep on going. How many remember 2 Timothy 1 verse 7? I'm sure you know it when I quote it. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, have a look in the Amplified what it says. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, or fear, but He has given us a spirit of power, love, and sound judgment, personal discipline. Look what it says in brackets. Abilities to result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. God has given me a sound mind. That is the ability to make good decisions, to think sound thoughts, and to have a balanced viewpoint in my life. That's what God's blessed us with, and that's why he wants us to put on that helmet of salvation. Think about this. Jesus wore the crown of thorns on his head so that we did not have to be oppressed with fear guilt, depression, anxiety, and stress. Because he wore the crown, we can wear his helmet. Amen? And we can have thoughts of encouragement, of strength, and of upliftment because God is on our side. That's why Jesus said in John eight thirty two, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Hallelujah. Say, I'm free this morning. Based on God's word, right believing is the key that unlocks the treasures of God's life, provision, and fullness of our, in our lives. So the hindrance between you and your victory is your wrong thinking and your wrong beliefs. Address them, and your life will start to switch towards the right things and the right outcomes in your life. Amen. Are you glad you came to church this morning? You see, When you become aware of your emotions, when you become aware of what you're feeling and you're thinking, you will know whether you're on a slippery slope going down the wrong way. And you can address that and you can ask God to help you. So here's your tip for this week. Ask yourself often, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? And when you're thinking stinking, you need a checkup from the neck up. (laughs) Amen? You need to get into the word, renew your mind, and let it be filled with the life of God. You see, the truth is our emotions follow our thoughts. If our thoughts are negative, our emotions will start to be negative. However, if our thoughts are positive, if our thoughts are on Christ, it's going to produce positive emotions that we can thrive on. So remind yourself today, you are God's champion. You are the righteousness of God. You are all that God said you can be. And you know what you're doing? You're keeping your helmet on. Say, my helmet's on this morning. Amen. All right, finally, we'll cl- cl- close with this this morning. He goes on, he says, take up the, C- the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now we come to our offensive weapons. You see, God's word is precise, and it's extremely powerful, and it will cut the devil to pieces. I love this thought. I believe if Paul wrote that verse today, this is what he would have said. And the sword of the Spirit, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, which is not sharper than any two-edged sword, it's sharper than a laser beam. Because how you know they hadn't invented laser beams? Have you seen what a laser can do? I love watching the car shows, you know, where they pump up the cars, like uh, Count's Customs and Kindic, Kindic Customs. Have you seen what they do with those lasers? It can cut through steel like this in a matter of seconds. That's what God's word's like. Amen? It'll cut the enemy into pieces and it'll expose his lies, but it'll reveal God's plan for your life. Look at Proverbs 30, verse 5. It says, every word of God is tested and refined like silver. He is a shield to those who trust and take refuge in him. Remember Jesus himself. Listen, Jesus himself, when he was walking this earth and was led into the wilderness to be tempted, how did he overcome the devil? He said, it is written. Now think about it. If Jesus, the son of God, had to use the word against the enemy and say it is written, how much more do you think you and I should do it? So please hear me today, church. The word of God is not meant just to be hidden in your heart, to renew your mind. It needs to find its way to your mouth. It needs to come out of your mouth because that's when the two-edged sword goes from latent power to active power and it starts to cut up the enemy. As a matter of fact, if you use the word of God, the devil will get the point. you'll catch that up later you'll get the point of the sword and it will chop him into pieces so it's not enough that we just know God's word we've got to practice his word and we've got to speak the word The word the word the, the words from the Bible are like God speaking his own word it carries power and it can deal with the enemy it's pregnant actually it's pregnant with his word and when you speak it it starts to give birth it's pregnant with his power, and when you speak it. So when you declare the Scriptures, the Word of God is fighting your battle. And then I'll close with this because we already covered this when Pastor Ben preached. But remember today, your second offensive weapon is pray, And prayer is powerful. But I want to focus on just one aspect of this. Have a look at verse 18, and I want to just read it into the Amplified as we close this morning. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season. In the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance. Listen, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. Do you know something today? It is God's expressed dream and desire that every single believer in the world today is engaged in praying for other people. And the truth is, sometimes we're so engaged in prayer for ourselves that we forget part of the purpose of prayer is praying for others. I've sometimes experienced more breakthrough in my life when I stop praying about my own needs and start praying about other people's. Sowing that seed of intercession, sowing that seed of prayer into other people's lives. You see, sometimes God will show you something about someone, not so that you can gossip about it, but so you can take it to prayer. Because gossip is destructive. Prayer is powerful. So let's become those prayer warriors that cover people in prayer, that cover situations in prayer. Because you see, when you use prayer as a tool, you'll see prayer becoming effective, not just in the lives of others, but in your own life. The Bible says this, and it says, praying in the Spirit and with the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, because praying in tongues is a doorway into the supernatural. Praying in your heavenly language connects you with God, keeps you flowing with the Holy Spirit, and empowers you to be effective in the way you pray. And so as we close this morning, I want to remind you today that putting on the armor of God is putting on Jesus. He is our armor. He is our shield. He is our rock and our fortress. Every head bowed, every every eye closed. I want to encourage you today, this week, practice His presence daily spend time in his presence and let him reveal much more of himself to you. Someone was once speaking to a pastor and he said, Pastor, this person was a doctor. And this person said to the pastor, you know what, pastor, I believe the most important thing in spiritual warfare is to know your enemy. The pastor smiled at this doctor and said, no, I disagree. The most important thing in spiritual warfare is to know your commander-in-chief and let him direct your footsteps. Let him direct your prayers because then you will always overcome the enemy. So while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, whatever you're facing this morning, if you'll just put out your hands and just receive from the Father what he has for you this morning. Father, we thank you for your great love. We thank you for your presence that is working in our lives. I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice that they would have a fresh revelation of Jesus in their lives, that you would reveal in us and to us the depth of his love and his grace and his power and his mercy. That, Lord, when we walk, we'll walk in you, but that you would shine through us towards others. I speak a blessing over every person this morning. In Jesus' name, and everyone agreed, said, amen. amen. God bless you. You can stand to your feet. Thank you so much for being in our first service today. As you go, remember, our stewards will be at the door to receive your tithes and offerings. If you want to sow into our Car God Fund, you're so welcome to do that. Remember, we love you. We're praying for you. Join a small group on Wednesday night. Join us online for our um, Bible study and communion on Thursday evening at Hot Post 6. You can see all the details on our social media. God bless you and have a fantastic Sunday. We love and appreciate you.